comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero ain't on my resume. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legend. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode 77. Wow, double, double sevens, that's double lucky, right guys? Hopefully it'll be very lucky because we're once again flying without Daryl tonight. He should be joining us later, hopefully in time to talk about the Flash and the Arrow shows. Uh, but joining me tonight, the new crime boss of Star City. No, it's not Chad Coleman. It's Rich the Chub Toad Sheldon. Arg. I would probably know more what to say if I had seen Arrow. So, And, <laughs> and, so, and a woman who became a... a Central City's finest vigilante in the, the new uh, post-Flashpoint Flash, Flash uh, timeline, Miss Jerry, Sister Throw Punch Atkinson. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. I understand yeah. you've been having some troubles with the Facebooks lately. Would you like to elaborate? Would you like to elaborate on that? Friend. I'm getting all okay. these friend requests from, like, weird okay. variations of Jerry's name, and I'm like, what is going Here's on? Are we in Orphan Black? Is she Sistra? I could be. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I mean, <laughs> okay, so I had, you know, the Jerry Atkinson. Sounds amusingly enough like geriatric right. profile, which is my actual legal name. I had this profile for years. All of a sudden, I start, my picture started getting reported like left and right, like just of anything. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever had like stuff report on Facebook. Well, let me ask they're, you something. Like, oh, are you are you yeah. on, are you are you known to be associated with Raphael? Yes, we are in the Romeo Macabre groups. Yeah, no, but I it turned. I actually found out who it was. I actually found out one of the groups I was in had was unbeknownst to us. Uh, one of the groups I was in had a white supremacy douche Ooh. from Canada who we somebody even dug up a, a news item that he was sued by Facebook or whatever for cyberbullying, or, no, sued by somebody for cyberbullying on Facebook. Ugh. Yeah, he's a white supremacist. douche. Yeah, it was awful. He's, or he calls himself a white nationalist. So he was reporting everything. So they deactivated that account. Or, no, they didn't deactivate it. They ID checked me. So I gave them my ID. I mean, I literally, they say cover up all the, you know, the pertinent information. Just leave your name and address, mm. which still seems like way too much to be giving Facebook to me. But I did it. And 
all of a sudden it says, okay, we're checking your ID. Thanks for your patience. We'll get back to you. It's been like that for five, six months now. So I started a, a, another profile and I gave it another name because I'm like, hey, if I'm on an ID check, they're going to be looking for me or whatever. Right. So every other profile got flagged as fake as a dupe. So I don't know if this guy was still, I, I was trying to, as soon as I created a new profile, block him. I don't know if he has, if it's still him. I don't know. But anytime I start, started a new profile, and I think I started four more after my initial before this latest one. And every time I did, it would get flagged for, you know, um, fake profile, submit your ID. And I'm like, well, I can't because I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm just making you up you're names. Not, you're not Geronicus at, at Conicus or whatever that okay, one was? Geron it was like the... Geronius Symbioticus, Symbioticus was my greatest creation. Right. That was the Latin, I, Latin all right. version. R.I.P. Geronius Symbioticus, okay? Because that was some brilliant Mark Twain crap right there. Right, I was like, I was picturing, I was picturing like a Roman gladiator with venom. Weren't you? I know. It's beautiful, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like oh, man. Anyway, I had to let that one go. So, I, so then my, my latest, they shut down four. Then I created Tulip Gatkinson. I thought that was, you know, Tulip from Preacher. Gat is vernacular, you know, for the... I thought it was clever, but they ID checked me. I'm like, you know what? I submitted my Gatkinson. That's G Atkinson. That's close enough. So I submitted my driver's license last time. I'll give them my state ID this time. So I submitted that without the pertinent information, and they said, oh, okay, you can have your profile, but you have to use your real name. So I'm knock on wood <laughs> three weeks into the new profile. I can't guarantee to anyone that you won't get a friend request from me again. I I guess it pays to just be a white supremacist douche and report random pictures on Facebook. No, that's, that's what it, really, it really doesn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I mean, that's, it's fine. But, but that's what, that explains why I, you know, I try to tag you in every podcast post and it doesn't let me. So it's And that's what I'm saying. It's so frustrating because I act, and I've been thinking about now that I have this new, uh, this new profile or new page that I could actually create another one because they have like a public figure or whatever. So I could say that people listen to this podcast and that I have to be, you know, Sister Throat Punch or Geronius Symbioticus or whatever. So maybe I'll do another one, but I'll I still have I hate their whole thing about the nicknames. Like, so dumb. I, I was Chub Toad Sheldon on Facebook for years, yes. since, since early, early 2009. Reach, for five, six years, and then they come around and they lock my account, and they're like, oh, well, you have to use your real name. And I'm like, you know, I challenge them on the whole thing, and right. they're like, it's for it's it's an anti-bullying uh, uh, tactic because people yet, without real names, and I'm like, well, now hold on a minute. I've bit this profile has five, six years of history. Exactly. That is one hell of a damn long game for me to set up to do bullying. I'm just saying. And here's the, and here's the punchline: a cyber bully is the reason that I couldn't use my real name and real That's page. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you guys could always get refunds. Oh no! I, that's the thing is, you know, it's free, whatever. But here's the whole deal. So then I go to change it to Richard, right. and they're like, "Oh, this isn't a real name." And I'm like, "Richard? Richard isn't a real name." I had to put I had to put in a trouble ticket. It took them like three four weeks to fix it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, well, since we've been gone, we we it took another week because uh, last week we only had one episode. We had one episode of Gotham, and that was it. Lucifer was preempted by that uh, debate. I'm not going to go into the debate. 
Yeah, let's not. Yeah, it's already been spoken of many other places, many other things. But uh, we have two episodes of Gotham, one episode of The Fur of Lucy, and, uh, of course, the premieres of The Flash, yay, and Arrow. And I say, spoiler, but, spoiler on Arrow, but yay, it was actually good. Okay. Right. Let's uh, let's start off with the Gotham recaps, shall we? Uh, We shall. Last week's Gotham is called Mad City, colon... Burn the Witch Ellipsis. There's there's three dots for some reason. Starts off with Bruce. Uh, as you know, at the end of the last episode we covered, he had been chloroformed by their version of Talon, I guess, from the Court of Owls. Although it didn't, yeah, it like... didn't look very talon to me, but hey. He had enough skill to take out Alfred, and Alfred is a pretty trained fighter. Uh, they took Bruce away, and we didn't know what happened. Turns out he got chloroformed and kidnapped to meet our mysterious lady in the... Um, in the mask that we've seen a few times talking to Doc, to, uh, Doc Strange and them. Uh, she goes by Catherine, who knows that that's her real name. But Bruce recognizes the voice from Wayne Industry Parties. Right. And it kind of confirms his, uh, Bruce's theory that the secret society isn't so secret, really. They're just kind of hiding in plain sight. She says, look, uh, you can't risk you know, bringing attention to this group. And if Bruce doesn't stop investigating everything, including his parents' murders... Then everything Bruce, everyone Bruce loves, will be at risk. And uh, Bruce, seeing no other option, agrees. Uh, he says, "You know, needless to say, you'll not hear from me again." And he gets knocked out again to go home. This kind of, kind of reminds me of when they take people to the Bat Cave in the old uh, '66. <laughs> right. So That's they what have I was to give him the Bat that. Spray and then the Bat Wake Up Spray, and then <laughs> so they wouldn't see where it was and stuff. Oh, it's so sad Daryl hasn't joined us yet. He'd love Batman 66. Oh, he loves it when we talk about Batman 66. For oh, sure. yeah. By the way, this is the, uh, the 50th anniversary of the premiere of that this week. I don't know if you guys know. Yes. That. 50 years ago this week it premiered. So. I broke out the Blu-ray set earlier uh, this week just to watch a couple of episodes because uh, of the Holy anniversary. Premiere. Off the top of your head, favorite villain from Batman 66, go. King Tut. No, by far, Eartha Kitt's. Catwoman. Oh, you and I are going to fight then, because it's Julie Newmar's Catwoman for me all the way, dude. All Fine the way. with Catwoman, but she's just... I, mean, I she's like Julie Newmar, canon. too. I want somebody oh, crazy. Yeah. Come on. Julie Newmar, I watched that show when I was too young to like understand why I liked her so much. <laughs> those eyebrows, though. It was that ass. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same with Linda Carter on Wonder Woman. I really liked Linda Carter, but I was too young... Too young to know why. How about uh, Bionic Woman? About Lindsay mm, Wagner. I used to watch a show, but I didn't feel the same way about, oh. about her as right, I did. No, because we had Heather Locklear on Fall Guy at that uh, time. No, that wasn't until later. That was the oh, that was before. That, that, was, was? that was before. Really? Okay. That was later, yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, Bruce gets returned to Wayne Manor unharmed. Alfred, you know, is shaking. He wasn't able to protect him, but Bruce tells him about the deal. And they're both kind of surprised that he went for it. You know, Bruce says he'll keep end of his end of the bargain, but Alfred wonders aloud if the Court of Owls will on theirs. There's really no reason why they should, to be honest. Right. If you think about it. Well, I mean, I think she even said to him, "You have no guarantee." Or right. You have no. You have no leverage. You, know, you have no nothing. He doesn't have anything on them, though. Really, he doesn't have an ace in his back pocket. He just knows vaguely of their existence. And well, and he's playing it smart. I mean, if he can negotiate and keep quiet and actually just, you know, lay low on his investigation for a while, maybe focus his efforts on other things, which now he is going to have to because of this doppelganger or whatever. But anyway, I mean, I, I think it's a smart play on his part because until he knows more, it's it's too dangerous of a game for him. So 
if he if he can leverage having a little bit of trust in them long enough to where he can you know really you know stick it to them once they have once he has full information. I was going to say better. what better way to infiltrate them from within. You know, if they made him... I actually I mean, thought it... Yeah, yeah. I thought it actually for a second that maybe they were going to offer him a spot. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, whoa, that would be right. even better. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, we then switched to Valerie Vale, who's trying to, like, uh, you know, follow up on the Indian Hill story. Uh, she goes to uh, Gordon's uh, bachelor pad, so to speak, uh, while he's having his early morning drink and uh, offers him another chance uh, to get fish by referencing Selena. <laughs> <laughs> she's like uh, she might know somebody you know a petty thief a street kid and Gordon just smiles he's like yeah I know who you're talking about On it. but uh, Gordon's unsure how to find Selena so they go to Sirens which is probably the worst thing he could possibly do and Barbara is thrilled but I really dug her this episode I really kind of liked where her character was going in her scenes it was it was pretty good usually that character annoys the it's out of me, but yeah. Yeah, she totally yeah. Put, puts it to him about Lee, like keeps needling him about, you know, where's Lee? Where's Lee? How's Lee doing, you know? She'll tell him what you need to, he needs to know about Selena, but only if he kisses her. And Gordon's like, I'm out. You know, that part of Barbara that really, like, kind of, like, wants to play to him or whatever says something about an old bank. And then Barbara, like, begs Gordon's attention in a moment longer and then starts to talk about a dream where she had to push a crippled Gordon around in a baby carriage. That, that scene was yeah that was yeah. weird i don't know the the actress who plays barbara plays good crazy and i like when she goes yeah a little, a little nuts you know and i think no, this I like was her crazy. best example of it too uh after the uh after they get the lead valerie locks gordon out of her car and hands it over to the gcpd without him it's turned out it's for a play he you know handcuffed her right. to her car in the last episode and uh so without even like looking at casing the joint or whatever, um, they uh, Bullock preps a raid on the abandoned bank. He gives like a big speech, as well as he can anyway, to inspire them, right. and tells them to look for Mrs. Peabody. Yeah. And they found her. They also find Fish's like army of X Men or whatever. Cops, a bunch of cops die, and Fish goes free. Uh, meanwhile, Penguin is still whipping up the press uh, into fear over Fish, how he wants her yeah. dead. Doesn't care how it happens. Another scene with Barnes yelling at him, but Bullock's in danger, so uh, they, you know, they they kind of team up. Lucius shows uh, Peabody's corpse to Gordon in the morgue. You know that she's aged out or whatever. There's only one person above her, obviously. It's Hugo Strange. They figure the the you know her group of freaks is headed straight to him. They have you know a hostage that'll lead him right to where they're holding Hugo Strange. Fish used to be able to influence Bullock, Bullock with sex and bribes, and now her powers have increased, and he's kind of like right. under her spell again. Uh, just the way he was in the beginning of the series, oddly enough. Barnes offers to take Gordon to Strange's holding cell himself, along with like a dozen officers. Fish, Bullock, and her mutated babies arrive at the mansion, and uh, they find themselves outside of Strange's cell, and it's kind of like Loki's prison. And this is a good scene, I thought, between um, yeah. Fish yep. and... Uh, and, uh, and uh, and uh, Hugo Strange, um, Jada Pinkett, we talk about, and like, D.D. Wong. It's a good scene. get up in this? Oh, my God. Yeah, she's, still, get up in this yeah scene. she's still wearing that. <laughs> she's wearing that, like, solid gold dancer stuff still, right? Y'all, this is more like Leather Queen, Matrix, full-on Eddie Murphy special. Leather... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They, I imagine all the squeak, I can you imagine all the squeaks they had to edit out of the sound, like when she's walking. I'm all quite that. sure, and it was, it was just crazy, overdramatic. 
Yeah. Strange is kind of shocked to hear she's dying, and but he says there's nothing you can do, and then uh, Fish is like, no, you'll fix me, Daddy. He insists if he could, he would. He doesn't care. Right. <laughs> he gives zero Fs. Um, but he's happy that, you know, he's like, you're the first of a new generation, a new Eve. And, uh, but Fish isn't buying it. And she's, uh, you know, she's figuring, you know, one way or another, she's going to get what she wants from Strange. Barnes and Gordon get in touch with Bullock. He's free of Fish's mind control. Um, he's, Fish says he'll eat a bullet the moment the cops come through the door. But the press shows up instead. Valerie leading him like a general. Barnes is distracted. Gordon is free. Um, come up with a new plan. It's uh, viable. And that plan is to send in Penguin <laughs> and a mob of citizens with pitchforks and torches. And uh, he's like screaming, Fish Moody dies tonight! And the mob cheers. It's just like so crazy. It's like, you know, the yeah, Dr. Frankenstein very or something. Cheesy and just so crazy, but still entertaining so it was yeah it was weird and funny at the same time they're definitely and the next episode especially reminded me much more of tim burton's batman like with okay, the, yes like especially yeah the, the mice unseen and, and, and the, the, like the stills that you get get from all the atmospheric elements yes and sure. the way he's like whipping the city into a frenzy really plays into the next episode too when he announces you know spoiler he's running for mayor but um right gordon runs up to the back of the state the estate barn staves off the mob and the press. Um, evil Barry Allen wants to take him out. Uh, he's kind of like Sid, I guess is the name of the show. But uh, with Bullock as his bargaining chip, Fish knows the only person who cares about Bullock as much as she does could be of some use as well. Then Gordon makes an offer. Bullock for an assist on her safe escape. Throwing uh, throw uh, Hugo Strange, and he's like, wait a second. <laughs> and it's a deal. Um... He gets some privacy. Gordon gives Oswald a call. Asks how he'd like a straight shot at fish. No law enforcement in the way. Jim gets his cool million. Bullock gets to drink another day. And their leader is neutralized. Vigilated justice at his best. But, the one problem is Oswald. He has some serious mommy issues. And fish plays him like a fiddle. No mind control necessary. If Penguin were really serious about murdering fish, he would have done it right away. And she yeah. tells she tells Oswald how proud she is of how powerful she it's like, of everything I've done in my life, probably the best thing was turning you and, you know, Oswald Cobblepot into the Penguin, you know. But she's seen him with his mom. She knows that's his treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the other thing, too, is I think a little bit of her was actually genuine in saying what she said. It, it did seem like they were kind of codependent, for real. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Here's where I'm upset, all right? You, you pay for the job that you hired somebody to complete. And he offered a million dollars for Jim to deliver fish. Him not killing her does not negate what Jim did. Pay up, Penguin. Come on. Pay up. Plus, with the fire, I mean, they come out with the body or whatever. Right. You know, that should be that should be enough for him to get you know, paid on right there, right? She, uh, Valerie, is the, Valerie, the reporter, thinks it's all kind of fishy. You know, she says, if that were really fish in the fire, <laughs> uh, the penguin wouldn't have obscured her identity. Got the money. Gordon just ends our questions by giving her a really big smooch. Then we end the episode. You know, as soon as you know you're about to run with one girl, your old girl shows up. And sure enough, Lee is back in town. We show her showing up on the on the train. Yeah. Didn't think it would be this soon in the season, but saw that coming. Um, we also got to see the adult uh, adult Ivy now. Right. Which was kind of weird. 
I still yeah. don't know how I feel about that yet. I mean, I kind of dig what they're doing, but at the same time, it's just it. it I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, I just think it's kind of sketchy all around. It's going to be weird how they handle it. And I think it's just a weird idea to begin with. I don't understand why they had to do it. But. Um, the sex sells, and they didn't have enough sexy women in there. So add other characters for your sex selling. Don't. I'm not Ooh. saying they did good by doing it. You asked why. No, no, I understand. I understand. Well, yeah. Donna, you're right. <laughs> okay. You're absolutely right. Okay. Um, no, I'm not agreeing right. with that call. I just, I think there are already, you know, enough sexy women on this show. You know, mm-hmm. but that's just Yeah, me. I mean, it, that, I don't know. I just don't know that that was needed. No, me either. I, I would have, I think I probably would have liked it better if they just kept her the way she was. Right, I mean, maybe there there's a chance that maybe it's going to pay off and be something that turns into something cool, but I just can't see it. I can't see how they will get there. So, so that was um, Mad City colon Burn the Witch. What do you think? Uh, I actually, I would say about a three and a half, three and a half, uh, or, or uh, eh, B. Yeah. A B on the letter. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot, a lot of things happened. You know. Um, yeah, had a lot of things not happen, a lot but, of stuff that you were looking forward to, though. Right, yeah. and not not a lot of major things happened. I mean, it was more yeah, like, you know, yeah. plot point A happened, plot point B happened, plot point C happened, and now the story can continue. You know what I mean? There were Yeah, there were a lot of cool moments, but it just really didn't cohesively fit together as, like, it just felt like they moved and shuffled some pieces around. And, of course, I think this week's episode was more the payoff for last week. So, sure. Yeah, well, let me go B-. minus. Just because I, I thought, you know, there were enough things happening. There just weren't anything that really wowed me. But I did do the same thing that you did when, when Penguin is excogitating and, you know, making his big announcements. And you have the big, huge crowd of people. I noticed how really ensconced in the 40s ethos it was for that for that scene. Like the sharp, curled white folks and as reporters and the, the noir kind of cast to everything. So and I really know. Really I really noticed it, and I really noticed it within the Lee scene, where she's coming off yes. the train with all the fog right. and the trench coat. Oh, yeah, like, it was very Humphrey Bogartish looking. Right. Yeah, scene. the good thing yeah. about when when the when the action isn't moving is that you really get time to kind of take a step back and look, you know, and and really appreciate all the visuals and all the thought that's going into these planning and scenes and stuff. So that I did like, but as far as you know, the rest. The first one, I'm just B minus. Yeah. yeah. I give it a straight up B because I, I thought, like I said, the things that happened in it were interesting enough, but it was more like just, you know, the big things were fish got, fish got Dr. Strange. Oswald was inspired to run for mayor. Those kind of things. Oh, oh, A plus for Fish Mooney's fierce manicure. <laughs> just for the manicure. Nailed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. The, other, the uh, next episode of Gotham was. Mad City, colon, look into my eyes. Uh, introducing us to the Mad Hatter, which I, I like their version of Mad Hatter. He's kind of steampunky. He looked, um, he looked like a Victorian-era David Blaine to me. Yeah. yeah I, was, I, I was I I didn't think Victorian-era, but he did. But David Blaine was immediately what yeah. came to mind. Like the, the intense eyes and stuff. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you thought Trump was a bad candidate, Oswald Cobblepot is throwing his hat into the ring to run for mayor Gotham against Aubrey James, played by Richard Kind, who, you know, he locked in a room for how long? 
uh, to keep him out of the way. It's pretty funny. I don't know if you guys saw on the web, there was actually, a, they had a uh, an Oswald Cobblepot commercial. Uh-uh. Uh, they were running, you know. I'm Oswald Cobblepot, and I approved this statement, you know. <laughs> I almost expected to see a hat that said, make Gotham safe again or stuff. Um, Butch does not think this is a good idea. <laughs> He's he's ready, you know, but he, it's so funny. This is the same thing he wanted to do in Batman Returns, right? Didn't Penguin run yeah. for mayor in that, in that movie, yep, too? Yep, yep, yep. But Oswald realizes that he needs someone smarter than him in his corner to help him strategize his way politically through this. And who does he know that's super smart that's just kind of cooling their heels in Arkham right now? Hmm, um, that Eddie guy? The Eddie guy. That's right, Mr. Nigma himself. And uh, it's funny that he, uh, he goes to... Um, uh, he gets the clean bill of sanity that Oswald got, right? And he's like, you know, not to look a gift horse in the mouth, but... And then he sees Cobblepot's car pull up. And he's right, like, that was a great he scene. He smiles and goes, never mind, you know? Pretty uh, pretty great. It's weird how those guys have become friends. I really like that, uh, you know, the way it started last I, season. And it's kind of yeah. blossomed in this, like, mutual friendship uh, thing. I love their friendship. I, I, I absolutely love it. It's just fantastic. Uh, then we are introduced, like I said, to Jervis Tetch, a.k.a. the Mad Hatter. He's doing a hypnotism act at Sirens. Tabitha doesn't like it, but Barbara thinks it's pretty cool. And uh, actually what he's doing is uh, he ends up putting a post-hypnotic suggestion into this one couple's mind, and then he shows up at their home and just has a few short rhymes, and it compels the man to kill his wife and then himself. And he's able to rob them blind. His wife was hot, too. I was like, that's a waste. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they showed her in a negligee and every, and then the way they poser her in her death, I'm like, wow, still dead, huh? Tragic. After he gets, you know, secures his lodgings or whatever, he seeks out Jim Gordon, the best bounty hunter in town. He wants him to find his sister, Alice, who was also in Hugo Strange's lab, and that uh, he says Gordon, tells Gordon that, that his sister has a rare poison in her bloodstream, and uh, the scientist promised to cure her, but eventually, you know, put her in Indian Hill and all that, so... He offers double his normal rate to find her. Selena trades some information for Gordon to look for Ivy. Um, she remembers seeing the girl in the picture with uh, Fish Mooney, but left her, uh, Fish Mooney's gang of freaks after a couple days. I thought, and this is just a stupid nitpicky thing, but I thought it was kind of strange that he paid him the ten grand up front. You know? Well, he had it. He had I know, it's but not I'm like just he couldn't saying... get more. You know. I'm just saying, though, it just seemed kind of odd that, oh, yeah, here, yeah, go find her. Eh, you know, here's half, you get the same. other half when you find her. That's a maybe. Standard, standard Rockford Files uh, transaction, okay. dude. This, right. this is a movie about people who have been altered genetically. So you're going to call bullshit on the 10000 up front? I, like I said, like I said <laughs> it was nitpicky, but it... That okay. stuck out in my mind. You, okay. the, hey, Fish's no, nails stuck out for you. Prepaying really for that stuck out for me. Noted. Alice is in a uh, slum, hiding in a really uh, like shitty apartment, and uh, her slumlord uh, is about to kick her off for not paying the rent. And he says, "Hey, maybe we could work something out if Alice is a nice girl." Get it? And he advances on her, and she warns him to stay away, but he makes it to her lips, and the second he touches him, he, like, seizes up and collapses. And then Alice is like, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have done that. It turns out that Alice lost her last job because she burned the place down. Uh, he runs into the owner and some friends while he's investigating the Chargrove bar. Uh, Alice cut herself, and a few drops of her blood hit the counter, and she freaked and set fire to the building. Gordon says his client will pay... Well, for that the- escalated quickly. Yeah. 
who says, uh, you know, Kleinman will pay for the damages, but that's not good enough. These guys are mad, and they fight, and Gordon, of course, beats them all. But he gets a head injury that sends him into Gotham General for a quick stitch. And he's examined by a handsome new doctor. Happens to be, dun-dun-dun, the new Mr. Lee. Bum-bum-bum. That scene was very telegraphed before he even opened his mouth. Yeah, Bullock tried to, tries to stop him or tries to warn him or whatever, but the two count each other. And then Lee comes into the GCPD to take a meeting with Barnes. Because Barnes wants her back on the team. Seeing she has better judgment than most of the people he has around him. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I think that's 100% the truth. You know, thinking about coming back to Gotham because her fiancé is well offered a position at the hospital. First, she, uh, yeah, so he, it turns out this guy is actually uh, Mario Falcone. They actually got me on that one. I was like, yeah, I was kind of surprised too. But uh, it turns out he'd been kind of sheltered from the rest of the family. Um,. He's kind. Of, he's a nice guy too. He introduces himself to Gordon. He tells him how much he cares for Lee, and uh, how well she speaks of of him. Truly a gentleman, which uh, makes me suspect him automatically. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, Gordon says the one exception is if he hurts Lee, and then uh, if he will, he does. Gordon will take him out without hesitation, and uh, that was kind of the tell that he's still not over Lee, obviously. See, it, yeah, it turns out that Lee is dating the son. He's Carmine Falcone's son. And uh, his mother insisted on raising him away from you know the business or whatever. Falcone drops a light warning on Lee, kind of buried underneath a whole bunch of compliments. Uh, he knows who she used to be with, and he doesn't want Gordon or his cop friends sniffing around his family again. Mario doesn't pick up the threat or think it's necessary. So, he's like the one clean member of the Falcone family, I guess. Gordon finds Alice's apartment, and the landlord is locked in the closet. And, uh, zombified, kind of. Uh, he leaps on Gordon when he lifts him out. Alice arrives and shoots the guy. And then she's like, did any of his blood get on you? And he says no, and he tells her that his brother is looking for her. And she says, he can't find me, and she gets all agitated. And then uh, she drops a match on the landlord's body and runs for it. Meanwhile, back at the club, the Mad Hatter is using Barbara as a prop. It almost gets ugly when he hypnotizes her to fall in love with him and then uh, acts like... Oh, it did get ugly. It didn't always did get ugly. (laughs) Just got diffused, luckily. Right, well, as Tabby is pulling the broken glass away from Tetch's jugular (laughs) that Barbara's holding there, uh, says, she's sensitive to rejection. (laughs) (laughs) You think? So yeah, I can tell by the glass at my neck. <laughs> it was right. kind of a tell right there. And, and he didn't um, even over. He didn't like over. He didn't panic at all. Like nobody was really shocked at this. Gordon shows up and he tells Tetch, you know, he found his sister, but the sister seemed terrified of him finding her. And he asks why his blood is so toxic, and she's not sick. She's powerful, sir. He answers. But Gordon's getting a little, a little too curious, so Tetch takes him to the roof to talk. Yeah, let's be alone with the hypnosis guy on the roof. Right. I mean, good move. Good move, Gordon. Can all be trusted. Mm-hmm. I mean, by nature, mesmerists have like um, sure. undeniable integrity and stuff. It couldn't That's possibly it. want to like hypnotize you and cause you to jump off the building or anything. Yeah, he's know. a mesmerist. Come on. <laughs> what do you think an oath? So that's exactly what he does. He's telling him, you know, he puts him on the edge of the building and tells him to count down to ten before he jumps. But Alice shows up and saves him in the nick of time. You know, she says, "You're evil. Leave me alone, or I'll kill you." And uh, she shoots him. Oh, really? <laughs> she shoots him and hits him, and um, the spell is broken somehow. Uh, Gordon falls but catches the ledge, and Alice pulls him back up. 
uh, Gordon thanks her and then cuffs her because the GCPD still pays, even if Tetch won't. We also find out a little bit more about Bruce's doppelganger, who's looking through the window. He, uh, he actually Bruce. meets, yeah, he actually meets Bruce. Uh, he was called five one four A, so they're gonna call him five. Maybe he could, you know, double date with eleven. Some stranger <laughs> things. Yeah. And you know, seven of nine. You know, all the people with the, the number names. You know. Things that uh, I am I am number four. Whatever. It all about, starts um, with six from Blossom. That's what yes. I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Pinch poke, you owe me a coke, Jerry. Crap! You did not just snatch Jenna Van Oit from my head. I was more of a moose guy from uh, You Can't Do That on Television. Anyway. Oh, I love that. Especially when they use their Canadian accent. Like, dueler. <laughs> I don't know about that. That is, that is. Alfred's weirded out by five. Uh, he's like, we have to get rid of that thing. I'm weirded but, out by five. That but, um, dude is creepy. But Bruce, uh, you know, Bruce wants to help him out. Selena, you know, comes to ask Bruce for help in finding Ivy, but Five just stands there outside the room practicing how to mimic Bruce's voice, and he's gone the next day with some of Bruce's clothes and his car, proving Alfred is a good judge of character. It opens up a lot of things, like, is this a mind-controlled replacement for Bruce Wayne? Is this, like, the Court of Owls, uh, you know, program version of Bruce Wayne that they want to put in so he doesn't yeah. you know, cause any more trouble? Well, that's I mean, what I figured was that they were grooming him and it would eventually replace, you know, kill and replace Bruce or kidnap and replace Bruce. Yeah. Um, you still have to have a head of the Wayne clan. You still have to have that as far as a figurehead. Yeah, they were grooming him. That's what it is also. But, you know, it would be cool is if Wayne's had another son and they at some point made a deal with the Court of Owls and they got their his firstborn and he was a twin. I have an, I have a theory about this too. I do you remember oh, the scene where <laughs> oh, I mean, it could yeah. be you know the goofiest things have happened on this show. Yeah, sure. Um you know remember Balloon Man. But oh, uh, no. I think never forget you remember the scene, I think it was near the end of last season, where Gordon confronts Hugo Strange, and Hugo Strange is talking about how much he missed Thomas, yep. how much Thomas was like his good friend, and he right. you know, he, he regretted right. having to have him kill because he was such a good friend. Maybe there what was. If he claimed, maybe he was the if, organ donor for Bruce, shoot. Maybe, maybe he cloned Bruce so he could have oh. another, you know, Wayne friend. You know, it's like so his they personal. Could, maybe. Yeah, in case something went wrong, then they could have like I was wondering if maybe they were going to use him as, like, um, a different version of Hush eventually. I, that haircutting scene, that seriously, there was so much pathos in that. Just, he does the, the brooding Heathcliff archetype so well. I mean, <laughs> he was like, he's beyond emo. It's like, I'm going to look in this mirror broodingly. I'm going to take this lock of hair and these scissors and... <laughs> it's like he shattered the screen without speaking a word. <laughs> it's really, a, it's really a different kind of uh, uh, performance than yes. what David Mazuz is doing for Bruce. Exactly, for sure. Which, yeah, differentiates them quite well. So, um, latest the latest episode of Gotham. I give this you, one. Look into my eyes, <laughs> uh, or Mad City colon Look into my eyes. What do you give it? I, I give this one an A minus. I really kind of dug where they went in this episode, and it really just kind of ties last episode together and makes everything a little more cohesive. Um, I love Hatter. I think that, that I love the way it was played. You know, there were some goofy and cheesy things, but at the same time, 
I've come to love that balance that they found in this show that we talked about last season of that cheesiness, the, the camp, and yet the drama with the seriousness. It's very much like um, Tim Burton's Batman and Batman 66 had a baby, and this is what it is. It's just like a really good mashup of those those uh, two. They've really borrowed from them um, in spirit, and I really saw that in this episode and really, really enjoyed Hatter. So. I'm going to go B. Uh, I'm going to go B again. Nothing really seriously wowed me. Yeah, the Mad Hatter was nice, and... Tabitha and Barbara dolled up was cute and emo Bruce was good but I think I've gotten spoiled I think there's been so many oh my god moments in Gotham that now I'm like looking for those and I didn't see any in this one so yeah I give this a B plus I think I liked it a little more than you Jared because I liked I like where they're going with this Oswald for mayor thing I like where they're going with the Bruce the Bruce clone things finally getting some explanation and a direction now you know uh, as opposed to just having him wandering around, like, skulking behind walls and stuff. Um, right. I, I really liked all that. And I liked, the, again, I liked, like Rich said, I liked the Hatter. I liked the way they pulled him off. Uh, he, he did look like he came out of the Tim Burton uh, side of the, the Batman uh, mythos, uh, for sure, with that uh, kind of steampunky right. look that he had going on and stuff. I thought thought it was good. I thought it worked out real well, so B+. Plus. Okie doke. Let's move on to the Fur of Lucy. Uh, better known as Lucifer. Uh, the title of this episode is Liar, Liar, Slutty Dress on Fire. Wow, okay. That gets my uh, attention for best title of the week. It begins with Mommy Morningstar. I, I don't know what else to call her other than Mum. Um, yeah, I put, Ma- I, put, yeah. I put Mama Lucy. Yeah, I was calling her Mama yeah. Lucy. My name is Mama, Mama Lucy. Lucy. That's a good like one. like goddess of all creation. That's a little wordy, so... Yeah, I, I just called her six. So I guess Lucifer and Amanda Deal's uh, mom had a rough start to begin with. She came back as a man, but then had accidentally wounded, wandered off into traffic and died. So she came back again and again. She'd been murdered, but then uh, she finally ended up in the body of, like you said, number six. And they make a lot of good jokes about mom being a hot blonde. Oh, yeah. uh, Trisha Halfer was pretty funny. I- and we are not to it yet, but the the scene where he's like, "We got to get you out of those clothes," and she just, pfft, I'm just like, I mean, and he's just well, like, she's not human. She's not human. I you know, know but not... it, it's his reaction that I love. Just, I'm I'm scarred for life or whatever. <laughs> it would be like any of us. Yeah, it'd be like any of us. Like, mom, put your clothes on. For Christ's sake. Even worse, the only clothes he had for her were mazes. <laughs> right. Which are like totally sexy better. always. Which, by the better. way, as, with not being her child, I. Thoroughly enjoyed the choice of clothes. Seriously, meet you. How old is she? She looks freaking amazing. Like Bowser's been off a while. But no, she's, she's been machine. off a while, and she was in her thirties then, right? She's forty-two. She looks amazing. I'm only three yeah. years older than her. I, I think well, I have she's Canadian. That you know, Canadian doesn't crack. I've never heard Just that. Really now I have to cut Just that out really too. Good. Now I'm gonna be waiting for yeah. the boots. Sorry, it's Jerry's fault. Wait, what? It's totally your fault, dude. You know it. Was it my fault? I didn't make her be Canadian. Because you bring out the worst in me. I didn't make her Canadian people's have sex at all. That was not me. I'm actually against Canadians having sex. You know, I know you got a lot to cut out, <laughs> but you got a lot for the blooper reel now. Not <laughs> just one episode. I'm just saying, she was killing those dresses. I mean, dang. Yeah, she was looking pretty good. Um, like, you could see every single definition of her 
architecture. It was, it was she must work out like a fiend, really. She has to do some serious, 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 yeah. No, I, even then, she looks better than she did on Battlestar. Listen to this. She has four artificial discs in her back and two in her neck, resulting from an incident in which a piece of luggage was dropped on her head while sitting on a commercial airliner, and two in her lower back from mishaps while doing her own stunt. She is part She's machine. She's a million-dollar woman. She really she is. is a pylon. They've rebuilt her. They've made her bigger, faster, stronger, leaner. Obviously. She, well, she is. She is. I told I, you she's a fracking toaster. She's more machine now than woman. Lucifer, of course, last episode was afraid that his mom was coming back to get vengeance on him. But the, it couldn't be further from the truth. She's, like, cheerful about being on Earth. Um, As far as she, we know so far. Yeah, as far as we know. And she doesn't seem to have any grudges, despite what Lucifer had thought. Um, he thought he'd be killed or made to suffer because he had allowed Maze to torture his mother for centuries. However, she was, uh, you know, nice to him. And she hadn't minded that Maze was going to be investigating her while Lucifer went on to work with Chloe. The latest case they work on, though, has a surprising connection to her mother. His mother, Mum, had first woken up in a hotel that had another dead body in it. So Lucifer got really excited with the case because he wanted to arrest her mother and put her in a whole new his mother and put her in a whole new jail. But there's a chance his mother had nothing to do with it because there had been a second dead body. The second dead body showed that the two men had been in the hotel room with his mother's body gotten up to something nefarious and his mother might have had nothing to do with so he was confused about what you know was what his mother's motives are here she really turned over a new leaf he calls for amindiel but amindiel is like freaking out because he's losing his power to slow time well um, and, and, his wing, and his wings are right. wings are shedding shedding yeah. feathers yeah he's molting he's yeah coming, he looks he's, pretty yeah pretty gross they uh they go through and investigate the dumb the double homicide like any other case she had inhabited a, name, uh, a woman by the name of Charlotte Richards, and Charlotte owned and managed a firm, was sleeping a guy with a guy from work, had enough cocaine in her house to go into distribution. I love when he's when they're logging the evidence uh, CSI chick, and you see him just kind of, eh, 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 <laughs> Right. It turns out she had been working, her the body that she took over was had been working with the FBI to take down the cartel. The theory was that the cartel wanted to kill everyone trying to make a case against them. And they'd still be going after her when they realized she was alive. He runs back to, Lucifer runs back to the club to tell his mother, but she's not there. Uh, Maze had goaded her. Tricked Maze, headbutted Maze, and then ran off with Charlotte's credit card. She was worried, Lucifer was worried about her with the cartel looking for her, so. He decides to go to the head of the cartel to get them to stop looking. Perfect. It turns out the press cartel hadn't put out the hit because Marco had been feeding the wrong information to the FBI. They were nowhere close to bringing him down, so there must have been something else. It turns out it was her protege, Liam. They, uh, they find her protege, and uh, he taught her everything. she taught her everything that he knew, and then she promoted someone else at the last second. He finds Charlotte by tracking her credit card. And she, the goddess, I guess, didn't know that she could be tracked with credit card use at the supermarket. She had seen an ad on TV that showed the mother making her son's macaroni and cheese. Cheesy noodles. <laughs> she went out to get mac and cheese. <laughs> to try to win Lucifer over. Liam found her in the parking lot. Liam thought she was Charlotte, but of course she didn't recognize him because she's not Charlotte. And he tried to kill her again. And then he recognized, she recognized her. And Lucifer stepped in and stopped him from killing his mom. And then they arrested him for murder. Lucifer warned his mom that she had to act like she was Charlotte and pretend like she didn't know him. She, he didn't want to explain you know, his mother to Chloe, so he hid the fact he'd finally found her. Uh, Chloe thought Lucifer's issues and why he bought his daughter a new toy... Uh, when she said no, it was because he was still dealing with his mother's abandonment, and then Lucifer's mom tries to make him cheesy noodles. So, 
It's so funny. I mean, she saw, yeah. She, well, I mean, what you know, you're a goddess. Well, what, burnt you know. freaking cheesy noodles, too. I was like, yeah, Whoa. no doubt. It's that? the thought and effort that counts, Jerry. Not with cheesy noodles, it's not. It's the cheese and the cheese. All you got to do is scrape that top off, and there's nice cheesy goodness underneath. Unless it's been, like, cooked to ash. So then, in that case, no. Because casseroles, some of those casseroles are meant to, like, conduct heat throughout. So you would be incorrect. Yeah, and um, take it from a chef. If something is scorched, it's going to taste scorched, no matter how much you peel off of it. Can't blacken macaroni and cheese. I'm just saying it was a nice thing she did for her son. She tried to do something nice. Yes. Um, Lucifer finds out he he has his whole origin story wrong. Um, you know, he's like, he tells Charlotte, you know, or his wife, you know, his mom that, uh, nothing can make up for the fact that she let God send him to hell. But his mother said he got it all wrong. She said God wanted to kill him and she begged her husband to send him to hell to protect him. Totally different than what he thought. So, right. So now um, the cast out story that the, right. The whole sob cast out story. Oh, I'm the, you know, I'm the son that I cast out, like kind of transfers to her. So now he yeah. has to feel sympathy if he believes her to her. Well, the the the, ep- the end of the episode, the mother kind of looks up in the sky with like this smug smile, and like, obviously there's more to the story, you know. Indeed, like so. look what I can do. <laughs> and that was Lucifer, second episode, liar, liar, slutty, dress on fire. I give this an A. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I a. Yeah, good. <laughs> Definitely an A. I I would give this an A without the sound. It was the, the dresses the. The body language between her and Mace, and she used like her full name, like like a real mom, and her and Mace. You know, no, yeah. the, the no, it, just the visuals and the, everyone's commitment to their roles. This episode, no, it was an A. Like even if I didn't know what was going on, it would still be an A. Awesome. What about you, Chad? No, I agree. A all the way. It was. I mean, they've really. You know, we said it. We last. We really hoped they would turn around, pull a Gotham on us into season two. And so far, they're on track to do that. I feel I'm I, I'm excited to watch Lucifer now. Yeah, I think it's really getting more like like I said from the beginning. If they if they uh, you know dove more into the mythology part of Lucifer right. and like the backstory, I'd be more interested in them you know dealing with the procedural. And in this, the procedural was almost like. You know, secondary, and I like that a lot. And I like Trisha Helfer as his mom. I, you know, I think she's oh, yeah. a great actress and a good choice. I like the the weird kind of sexual tension they had there at the beginning. Yeah. Season three, episode one of the Flash. Flashpoint. I'm going to say right off the bat, thank God this was only one episode. Because I'm watching My it. My thoughts exactly. It did feel that like long range. It's like they're setting everyone up, and we're going to be dealing with this group for how long? But I love didn't. It. They did it yeah. perfect. It uh, it picks up three months after Barry went back in time to change history, and he is living the life, man. He's so happy. Living a lie. Still has the speed, but he doesn't use it. There's another Flash who they call Kid Flash, but he doesn't like it. He just wants to be called the Flash. Oh, and of course, it's Wally Wally West. He spends an early uh, part of the episode uh, watching that Flash fight another speedster called the Rival. He just kind of sits there and watches. He really he doesn't you know join in or whatever. He sits out. 
he also spends a lot of time at Jitters trying to muster the courage to speak with Iris. Later saves Drunken Joe from work. Like in this new Flashpoint thing, Joe is like an alcoholic. Well, this um, is the only timeline he's been that way. He is obviously right. prone to hitting the bottle. He's just back on the bottle in this timeline. But he didn't have he didn't have to keep it together for Barry and Iris and Wally, and so maybe that's part of the problem. Well, there was that episode in season one where Joe told Barry that like adopting him. You know, Save he's him. like, I need yes. my Barry Allen, you know, I need That's my right. light, you know, in the darkness. And without exactly. that, he, turn, he turns to, like, drink, you know. And Iris, he only knew from elementary school, which he kind of uses to try to get over on him, on her, you know, try to, you know, to talk to her. And okay. she kind of go, you know, she kind of goes for it. And they go out, you know, it was funny hearing her ask for, hearing him ask her out for coffee after watching Luke Cage. Right. Satisfying. <laughs> satisfying. I was like, oh, they're going for coffee. Mm. And since you mentioned it, I have to say, Luke Cage, two thumbs up. And, you know, in this timeline, like I said, Joe is a drunk, and he finds that, you know, he's late for work. He, you know, Barry uses super speed, and he's like, I'm sorry about this, Joe. And he takes him up, showers him, shaves him, brushes his teeth, gets him in the um, the elevator of the, the police. Uh, it's, it's just, it was just funny, you know. He's like, uh, you know, gives him a breath mint. <laughs> but as he's doing all these things, you know, when he does use his speed, he starts to get these attacks, kind of flashbacks of his other life that he's kind of losing. And Eobard Thawne, he has him uh, trapped in a speed-proof cage. Uh, he brings him a big belly burger at one point. And uh, Thawne is telling him, you know, He's like, you have no idea what you're messing with. He's like, your future self is a lot smarter than this version. You know, stuff like that. Tells him, you know, this isn't your home. This is a mirage that will end unless you let me out. Uh, and it's both. Barry's like, forget that. I got everything I want. You know, I got the girl. I got my folks. Right. So he goes off to start his day with Iris. And uh, he has another bad headache. And he starts forgetting things in the original timeline. Um, their dates cut short when news breaks of the Flash and the rival fighting. So when we're starting to see the rival, yet another speedster. I, I, it's an interesting uh, contrast from Zoom. You know, I mean, we had Zoom, the overarching plan, you know, the the scheming kind of, you know, just incredibly cruel. And this guy, this guy just seems like he's all ego. You know what By I mean? He just wants to the show. the elusive nature of Zoom. Like, you didn't know he was. This guy, like, screw it. I'm going to take off my mat. I mean, he, and his past was ill-fitting. Right. Right. <laughs> now, I had this weird feeling at first that the rival was going to turn out to be Barry's dad. I did too. Oh, really? He had that kind of build, and his voice, you know, even with the you know, the remodulation or whatever, kind of sounded like uh, John Wesley's ship, so I thought it might have been him. But they, they run off, and uh, Barry arrives on the scene just in time to uh, save him following several stories he catches them and then he discovers that he's wally west and he's like oh i know you i know you well he's like how do you know who i am they take you take barry back to you know his quote-unquote lair and that uh you know wally and iris have been working to stop metahumans together kind of like the old spider-man and uh, um you know she she's working for the newspaper so she gets all the hot tips and then passes them on to her brother, who takes care of the metahumans, you know, and works a lot more closely with the police department because there is no Star Labs here, as we find out. Turns out Wally got his powers when he was struck by lightning while racing with an experimental form of nitro in his car. Uh, but it doesn't explain how the other metahumans were created, which suggests to me that the metahumans were going to happen whether or not Wells did well, this thing or not. Yeah, time and nature finds it, finds a way. Like they had Deathbolt in season three of Arrow. Remember that? And he wasn't in Central City when the explosion went off and he became a metahuman. Barry offers to help Iris and Wally with their problem, but first he has to figure out what's going on with his memories. He talks to Thawne and he explains to him what's happening and this timeline is solidifying. 
And the more he uses his speed, the quicker he's going to, uh, you know, forget everything. And if he doesn't, you know, go back to the way it was, he's gonna, this timeline is going to be cemented. You know, they won't be able to change it again. Uh, right. But at first, he, he kind of ignores Thawne. And he works out to find a way to beat the rival. So he has to get the band back together. And he has to... First of all, Cisco Ramon is a billionaire. Oh, my God. Now, he's um, a mega yeah. douche. Yeah, suit. and he, a total yeah. douche, yeah. And he uh, he's taking over the Star Labs facility after they went bankrupt, they say. But he's kind of he's kind of a real jerk, surrounded by gold diggers, and uh, he wants nothing to do with the superhero business. And uh, Caitlin is a pediatric ophthalmologist, which I, that was kind of weird to me. It's still sciency. You never know. I mean, there's there's slight variations with mixed no. different timelines. Just, Star Lab. Well, if they're listen, if there's no Star Lab, she would never have met Ronnie. If she never met Ronnie, she wouldn't have gotten involved in the metahumans exactly. at all. They might so have had some have had crazy intern. No, I agree, but, and... but her mind, her scientific mind, seems more like she could be further in the scientific community than an eye doc. But something had to prompt her path when she was at a young age. So if what. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it wouldn't bother me. Cisco and and Caitlin and uh, Wally and Iris listen while Barry explains what has happened to the timeline. They're kind of incredulous, but but Iris believes it because she still feels this attraction to him that she can't explain. Love conquers all, man. It's a very CW idea. Caitlin figures out to, you know, set the, uh, the the speed trap cameras in town to set up for hypersonic speed, and they're able to find out where the rival's, uh, hidden. They show up there, Kid Flash and Flash to team up, and he's like, you know, do you know how to flank? He's like, I've heard that. Is that a real thing? <laughs> I'm like, that was kind of strange to me. Yeah, who's <laughs> never heard of flanking, you know? Well, and, yeah, he's raced cars and stuff. I mean, yeah, strategy would be something he would know, and flanking is a basic strategic term. But he's also kind of a young hothead who doesn't have, like, the, the guidance of a, of a father there, because Joe has been, you know, drinking, so. I mean, the, True. You know, Kind of, they track him down to his lair, and the rival takes off his mask. He's like, "I'm this guy, nobody we've seen before," and uh, you know, I'm going to prove that I have no rival. And I'm like, "Oh, well, there's his name, right?" Uh, they fight for a while. Kid Flash is like, "I've got this," and he kind of like takes him on by himself. And then, as he has his back turned to him, he stabs Kid Flash with a pipe. Kind of a shocking moment. He, right. um, you know, he tells him to relax. He tells him to relax. He's going to get out of there. But the rival has different. Barry starts to get the upper hand on the rival, but then the rival spins out two tornadoes. Just like in the uh, other universe, he takes a pep talk from Iris to get him to fix, you know, the two tornadoes. And then thinking he's won, Barry's like, it's over. He lets his guard down for a minute and, and has his back. Why do the guys always turn their back on their villains? I hate that. I would this never is, turn my back on This is horror movie one and one. This is horror movie one yeah. and one. You feel like you've defeated Jason. world Jason is dead. <laughs> you turn around. Yeah. Joe is there in time to shoot him. In the back, it's kind of an homage to the pilot, kind of a similar thing. He had to, you know, he had to go after yes. the tornado, slow it down, and then the tornado, Weather Wizard was there, and then Joe was there to have his back. So. Well, Cisco even referred to him as Weather Wizard 
in this. Barry stopped the rival, but things are worse. For some reason, uh, Wally isn't doesn't have the speedster healing, and uh, the only way he can save his life is to fix the timeline. Uh, he has like his heartbreaking goodbye with his parents, and they don't realize it's a goodbye. And then you know his but his speed is faltering, so it's up to the Reverse Flash to do it to take him back to the night of his mother's murder. And this is the part of the episode that freaking killed me. Okay. Yeah. He's like he's like you know what you have to do, and then Thawne's like I want you to say it. I want to hear the words. And he makes Barry say, I need you to go back and kill my mother. And he said that. He said, there will come a time Cold when you beg effing me blooded. to kill her. Yeah, I know. Cold effing blooded, though, to make him say it. I mean, how cold I mean, blooded. Mm-hmm. Honestly, to go through with something that severe, you have to be all in. So even though it was, you know, cold blooded. But I hard. I thought so there he, was another he, he way. Comes at points. Really? But, but how much what? time travel fiction have you read? I'm, well, I'm asking. I, I'm asking for a friend. How much? I've read a lot. Okay. Have you read Bradbury, The Sound of Thunder? Have you read Slaughterhouse yeah. Five, Kurt Vonnegut? Have you read Lathe of Heaven? I mean, H. Two Wells' Time Machine, Wrinkle in Time, Adam, Madeline Engel. Sure. The the uh, the End of Eternity, Isaac Asimov. You know that there are some serious consequences and repercussions. You can never anticipate them beforehand. This is the butterfly effect. You don't F the time. What happened to the time wraith? The ones that got Zoom? Remember? They didn't, I mean, right. he, they didn't he, get disappeared. They're still there. He, he really, said time will come for both of us. That could take yeah. any form. That's that true. Could, but that I mean, take like this, a sound of thunder. Like the universe could just start remaking itself in, incrementally. I mean, you don't mess with I'm just thinking with Barry messing with the timeline that much. That, you know, we, we see some repercussions from the time race. Well, I thought of that, too, but, but here's what, what I didn't quite get. Why why could he not have just gone back in time himself and stopped him from stopping? Why couldn't he have done that? Why did he have to have Thawne go back? Maybe he did. I can because tell you why. Because it's faded like that. Wa- it, no, it, what made Barry, Alex, Barry Barry is that he saw some other entity do that. He needs to see that opposing force to drive him on want to do good that ends up in the flash. Plus, his, his speed is faltering. It's not like he could have rushed there. You know what I mean? Thong could have put him anywhere. Oh, well, yeah, come. that's true. I didn't think of that, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he had to depend on Thawne's speed um, to, to get back to that point. So, yeah, plus, I mean, I don't think I'd want to watch my mom get killed and let it, you know. No, but he was going to have to see it anyway. I could see it as long as suicidal tendencies was playing in the background. Because here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought we were going to see the reverse of, remember when the other season when he was going back to do it, and then you see another Barry Allen, you know, shake his head to don't do this? I thought we were going to get to see the opposite side of that scene. Oh, that would have been cool. And I thought that's where it was going, and when it didn't go there, I was like, that was kind of weird, because I thought it was a missed opportunity. Well, they had that might scene already. Have, I bet say they might still the go back. The last time when he had, don't you remember when when he looked through the door and you know he saw himself saying no, and then he did that like I think right. he did that the first time he went back. So that was already and they saw you saw those versions fade out when Thawne came back in to kill her. I think he just didn't you know a he didn't have a speed to be there if Thawne didn't want him there. He didn't want his one you know his his uh, watch his mom right. get you know slaughtered again. I know I wouldn't. It's just tricky whenever they play with timelines and stuff because there's, you know, there's so many things that it can go wrong in the plot line when you're dealing with it. I think that they've done a really good job, so I'm not complaining. I just, I, there were some things that, 
you know, was that the only option? Could they have done something else, you know, to change the timeline back? And obviously he didn't change it back. He changed it to a third alternate timeline because something is different. Um, you know, Thawne says, today I get to be the hero. Um, he, Barry comes back to the present and he sees Joe and Wally sharing a beer and the three of them toast Henry, who just died. So pretty much dropped him off right where the last episode ended. You know, he's been gone for three months, but he hasn't, you know, he doesn't let on. And then uh, Barry asks where Iris is, and Joe gets mad. Joe and Iris don't talk, you know that, which means his messing around with Flashpoint somehow, in other ways, has messed up the timeline. For a minute, I thought they were going to say she was dead. I'm like, what? Um, the episode ended, the guy who played the rival in the Flashpoint timeline being woken up by a voice that says, time to wake up, and somehow the word alchemy is being creeped, or, um, scratched into his mirror in his bedroom. And uh, that's, of course, you know, telegraphing one of the Flash's, you know, main bads. And I guess the big one of the big bads of the season. Barry messing with the timeline also means the reverse Flash is alive again. Right. So that that's how they're able to bring him back for that Legion of Doom thing that's going on. Yep. Well, and, um, and we'll probably find out that there's this new Supergirl and roaming around. Right. And also, I like I like the fact that um. You know, he he says something to Barry along the lines of, you know, see you soon. Right. And he's like, wait, you know, you don't know, you have no idea what you have in store. See you soon. I like this better than I like the Flashpoint in the comics, I think. Because the Flash, I love oh, yeah. that, that comic. And, and they did is... drop the name Flashpoint at this. They did yes, let the reverse, did. yeah, they did let the reverse right. Flash. He was just like running off at the mouse saying dumb shit and warning and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whatever, you're the villain. And then he says, hey. So what should we call this incident? I don't know. Flashpoint, I'm like, oh, well played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Here's the thing. is cool. like the comic, I really enjoyed the event until the end. It really, yeah. it, I, I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed a lot of the side stories, too. But I didn't want to see that epic tale unfold in this show. And No, there's no way they could have pulled that off. And, and budget budget wise or like character wise. Right, right. I mean, they would never have been able to use Thomas Wayne. You know, I, right. but I I was worried that they were gonna extend it like no, yeah, you know, yeah, half yeah, season yeah. or something. Oh. And I'm so glad they didn't. I'm so grateful that they didn't. I thought it was gonna be the first half of the season arc and then when they announced in a news story a month or so ago, you know, that it wasn't going to last long, then I'm like, okay, they'll probably do a three, maybe four episode arc. And then when it ended this episode, I was like, I am very glad that they made that choice. And I think that they told us a compelling story in that 60 minutes, and I enjoyed it. Now, here's, I mean, here's an interesting thing. We know... Um, that the guy who, uh, Tom Cavanaugh, who plays Dr. Wells, is supposed to be on this season, right? Or, you know, is it going to be, or is it going to be like a thing of Flashpoint where he's still around? I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like he was never taken over by Thawne, or he was, but broke Thawne, you know, but didn't die, or, I mean, and like you said, you know, are they going to fold in Supergirl? I mean, what are they going to fudge with on Arrow, you know? Uh, how is this going to affect, I mean, obviously it's going to affect Legends of Tomorrow in a big way. Now, I haven't seen it yet, and you guys are about to talk about it, so I'm going to drop, but did was there anything in Arrow tonight that could have been nope. caused from this? Okay. Nope. Not a, not a thing. Nothing different. Other than uh, Felicity seeing a new man. And his name is Chub Toad. Oh, wait, mm. wait. No. You said man, sweetie. Oh! Oh! oh. oh. Not a- 
Do you, would you like some solar cane for that sick burn? Oh, yeah. Damn, jeez. So, right. letter grades for Flash, I give this an A. This uh, is an A uh-huh. all the way. Great way to start the season. A? Yes, no, A. Definitely. Great way Real to good. kick it off yes. and great way to do Flashpoint. I loved it. Yep. Great. I definitely agree with the A. And with that, I think I'm going to drop, unless you want to do news before you do Arrow. That's cool. We'll just get Arrow done in the news real quick and get out of here, I guess. Um, hopefully, Daryl will still be able to pop on at least for a little bit. We'll see. Okay. But thanks for joining us, Rich. We'll see yep. you next week. All right. Uh, I'll yeah, holler at you guys later. Thanks, Chubb. You can hear Chubb, more Chubb on the uh, Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, I will be returning to that once the real Walking Dead shows uh, back on because I cannot stand Fear of the Walking Dead. I tried. I gave it a shot. And he was absolutely right. Luke Cage was, was great. I loved it. Let's move on to Arrow, which I was surprised by how much I enjoyed. Yeah, I was expected to not like it just because of last season. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. And I was thinking this should be the last season, if not last, last season. But no, it was good. It's been five months since Damian Dark killed Laura Lance. Most of the Team Arrows moved on. John Diggle's in the Army again. Um, Thea's working as uh, Mayor Oliver Queen's uh, press secretary. Uh, Quentin Lance crawled into a bottle of, boo- bottle of booze, and uh, Felicity, well, she's still holding it down as Overwatch, but she has kind of moved on as well. But Oliver is kind of living in, she even called, you know, says, calls him on living in denial. This, the episode opens with the new uh, police captain hassling Thea over why the mayor's late, and he says, blonde or redhead? And then uh, she, she says, oh, it's a brunette, actually. And it, we cut to Green Arrow fighting with Anarchy, a.k.a. Lonnie Matchin, who has another bomb to blow up the city once again. Um, Ollie pins him to a wall with an arrow through the hand and leaves him for the police to deal with. And then while Matchin is taunting him, you know, that Oliver won't kill him, uh, this dude in a hockey mask starts to mess with the bomb. And uh, Oliver is like, uh, tells hockey mask, it's handled. And he says, you might want to elevate that. And he goes, elevate what? And he shoots an arrow into his leg. Tells him right. to get off the streets and leave leave the heroing to me, you know. Uh, Felicity shuts it down uh, remotely with the hacking arrow that he shot on there or whatever. Yep. Uh, just in time for Oliver to make it to the gala, where he makes a major faux pas by, instead of, you know, he, he denounces what he's supposed to promote, this anti-crime initiative. Right. Because of unchecked police, unchecked police corruption in a war in a room full of policemen. So long audience. <laughs> and Thea's like, "Yeah, that's not good, Oliver. You yeah. can't be doing that. You, know. yeah. you better, you better chill on that because the Black Canary Memorial Ceremony is coming up. Um, I guess Oliver's not doing too well as mayor because he's the only you know, vigilante in town and he's kind of stretched himself thin." He he got all his, he says he got all his political knowledge by binge watching The West Wing, which I thought was funny. He tries to talk Thea into hitting the streets again, but Thea is like back to normal now and is yeah. is loving it. You know, he's she doesn't want that life anymore. Don't blame her. Flashback we get this episode is to Russia. We find Oliver uh, bare knuckle boxing and then killing this guy, uh, working his way up to this guy named Kovar, who he promised that woman on the island he would kill, and. Uh, he gets, instead of getting an introduction to Kovar, he gets tased because he killed their best fighter. He, he cost the Bratfell a lot of money. Felicity, in the meantime, has put a dossier together on the man in the hockey mask, called him Casey Jones. I'm sorry, called him Wild Dog. I see what you did there. Thanks. I, I'm glad you appreciated that. Um, she tells Oliver to stop shooting him with arrows and instead bring him in. 
along with uh, Evelyn Sharp. And they show these pictures on, on they show a picture on her screen of Evelyn Sharp, who was you know, the Black Canary at the end of the last season. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Ski Goggles, they call him. Uh, the dude looks like the vigilante straight out of the 80s comic. He's even got the hood with the goggles and everything. Looked just like it was drawn from the comic. So I don't know if that's the version they're going to use in the show or not, but that would be cool. I don't know how well it's going to look in real life, but we'll see. Meanwhile, in Star City, there's a bunch of crooked cops. They, uh, they end up confronting uh, Chad Coleman as Tobias Church. Yay. I thought he was really good. I really like this. Uh, this character. Yeah. yeah, he was. And uh, he's got these, uh, a pair of brass knuckles, and he's like, uh, he tells him that he's taking him over, and he beats the head cop to death, and the rest of the group fall in line. Oliver goes to Quentin Lance's house, and he's uh, drinking himself to death. You know, the, the headline says, Mayor Hansom misses city council meeting. So I guess they're calling him Mayor Hansom now. Uh, Oliver tries to recruit Lance for the team, but uh, Lance is like, yeah, I don't think so. He says, cover up this beautiful face with a mask. Andy broke up with Mama Smoke. She's in Las Vegas. Who does that? I don't know. Mama Smoke is pretty awesome, dude. Dude, if Mama Smoke and Mama Lucy, like, hooked up and started a club, like, dude, that would be fire. I'm just saying. Like, who wouldn't go to that club? I would. I mean, because Lucifer has a club, and she was wearing Mace's club gear. I'm just I think they should mm-hmm. totally make that club. That's another series. I just, see, I just gave TV World another series. You call it Milfatorium. Man, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little easy, but yeah. Or, you know, Mama's Club. You know, and you think, you, you know, like, immediately you think of some, you know, older, settled woman, but they're yeah. the mamas. Oliver goes back to the Arrow Cave, and Felicity's still trying to get him to get some new blood. Uh, telling him, you know, he's been, he needs to move forward. Uh, she sends him to City Hall to get some mayoring done and sends Curtis out to try to track down Wild Dog. Um, we cut to a pier where the, the Black Canary Memorial is being held. Unfortunately, Oliver gets kidnapped there. Uh, Church's men come, gun, you know, gun a bunch of people down. Uh, Quentin Lance is there, and Thea is there, left holding the bag when they, um, Church and his gang kidnap Oliver and a few other notables in order to draw out the Green Arrow. So, yep. not a great plan. <laughs> um, when are any of their plans really great plans? I mean, no. that's a pretty good plan. Oliver goes to make, uh, to Oliver, you know, like tries to tell me he has um, pretty good authority that uh, Green Arrow's kind of tied up right now. Zing! Um, yeah. He makes, he makes Church uh, mad, so he sends Oliver off to be taught a lesson. Um, to which I'm thinking, yeah, he's just going to laugh in the face of a beating from a cop. Come on, please. And mm-hmm. we show, in the flashback, oddly enough, we're actually tied to the episode in a way. He's tied to a chair and getting beaten by a Russian dude. Yeah, this episode is severely anti-Russian. So. Yeah, You're from it Russia turns out, or from Canada, we're sorry. Yeah, it's not our fault. We just review the shows. We don't do. We don't write them. Um, turns out Anatoly is there, the guy who he saved in season two, um, the captain he saved in season two, and he shows up and rescues, as he calls him, his brother. You know, and instead of cutting the the ropes that are holding him, he breaks. He dislocates both his thumbs and then pops them back in. And he's like, "Can't you just bring a knife next time?" And he, Anatoly's like, "Where's the fun in that?" And then he tells Anatoly why he's there to kill Konstantin Kovar, and Anatoly's like, yeah, that's a bad idea. You're going to die. Um, keeps trying to talk him out of it. 
Um, in Star City, Lance asks Thea why she's not suiting up, and she explains, you know, that she doesn't want that life anymore. And Lance is like, yeah, he totally gets it. He lost his job and his daughter and his girlfriend over it. Um, but he seems kind of inspired after um, what happened at the uh, at Laurel's memorial. Um, right. We get this. Uh, we get the scene of Oliver still bound to the chair. So oh, they call you Mayor Handsome. I'm gonna show how not handsome you are. Uh, Oliver dislocates himself out of the zip cuffs and actually kills the guy. And Thea's like, Thea shows up in a red costume. He says, uh, "You know," he says, "I thought you retire." And Thea's like, "Yeah, me too." But he kills me. He's like, I'm sorry, no one can know my secret, and then breaks his neck. Yeah. Which is something like he went way out of his way not to kill anybody in the last episode, in the last season, right? Yeah, but you've seen the progression. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you, but I've kind of totally seen the progression. Like, oh, it's just getting closer to where you could kill, and yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, I, I see why he did it. It just yeah, it me made too, such a but... huge deal out of it. It made such a huge deal out of it last season. And now True. the first season back, True. he's like, yeah, I got to snap your neck. Oh, well. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. They, they kind of argue, and he's like, you know, he, he says he regrets not using, you know, not killing Dark when he had a chance. You know, maybe Laurel would still be alive. And Oliver says, and Merlin was right, you have to do, what necessary or do what's necessary. Don't be out there at all. So guilt, once again, clouding uh, mm-hmm. Oliver's judgment <laughs> again. Yeah. Anatoly tries to, in a flashback, tries to talk about killing Ovar, and he drops a Russian proverb on him. Uh, a shark that does not swim drowns. He's telling me he needs to move forward. So, hey, message received, dude. He finally decides, you know, he finally turns the corner and decides to listen as far as getting a group together. Uh, meanwhile, we get a cut of Curtis out in Star City uh, where they burn a lot of fires and trash barrels. Sure. And then he gets attacked by a couple of guys with knives. Uh, we then cut away from him to the Laurel statue, and then Oliver and Lance have a heart-to-heart. Um, we get a flashback to Laurel in her hospital bed. We finally found out what she said to him when they did that cutaway. Yes. Right before she died. Yes. She said that she didn't want to be the last Black Canary, you know, to let, um, you know, to let uh, someone else carry on the mantle, so the, canary, the mantle, so, you know, there'll always be a canary out there, always be out there with him. Mm. Um, it was kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know, that was kind of melodramatic. Right. That was a little much. Um, I was just like, yeah. rolling my well, eyeballs. Just, I was like, I see what you're setting up here, but I can't go it, here with you. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed it just seemed kind of odd that they made such a big deal about her not hearing her say that, right? And then we find yeah. out what she said, and it's like, oh. I'm like, I waited for that, because yeah. that's just some melodramatic. You know, feels are for eels. I'm not an eel, Jim, so. You're not? No, <laughs> you're not. You're a mermaid, not an eel. I mean, <laughs> I have... I have you have, a, a I cool have feels. skeletal system, a, not just a, a spine. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I have feels. A... I just left them in a box. I left them near mint. I didn't want to take them out. The farther um, my feels are away from me, the more I can function. So, good times. There you go. Lance gets together four good cops to storm in and take out the bad ones as Church is playing a horrible game of Duck, Duck, Goose with a baseball bat. Shades of Lucille from Walking Dead, right? Yes. Um, a little shout out there, I thought. It seems a little, a little too coincidental not to be right. So oh, as soon yeah. as, uh, so as soon as uh, he gets to Goose, uh, Oliver's able to hit him with an arrow. Lance and Felicity are doing co-Overwatch duty, and uh, in the end, the building blows up, and Oliver barely escapes by shooting an arrow into the bottom of Church's helicopter. And then he gets up in the helicopter. They fight in the open helicopter door. Seems like a bad idea. 
Um, yeah. Church shoves him out, but as he falls, Oliver fires a parachute arrow. Of course he has a parachute arrow. Why wouldn't he? Means. Next day, Mayor Queen gives a speech. He singles out the four officers, and they're going to be the part of his new anti-crime initiative, and he's going to be in charge. They'll report directly to him. That's weird that a police a politician would have his own police force. But uh, At the same time, Church is putting together a team. He brings together Star City's gangs. He's like, it only took me a few weeks to get into your groups. And the one gangster's like, what do you mean into our groups? And the guy behind him shoots him and dies. Oh. She's so like, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, anyone else have anything to say, right? In the Arrow Cave, Oliver surprises Felicity by agreeing to recruit new team members. And Curtis rolls in. He's all beat up. He says, they, they said, do you, did you see who did this to you? He says, yeah. And I'll describe them to you on one condition. You let me join up. You let me be recruited and trained. How all this works. Mr. Terrific. Ooh. Bring in a Mr. Terrific. Um, then we get the uh, f- final flashback of Oliver getting a beating from a bunch of the Bratvas. You can start the process of becoming Bratva. Four big dudes and one with a knife. Uh, back in the present, Oliver skypes with Diggle. Oliver confesses to Dig. He's not so uh, not so great um, with Felicity, you know. Right. Why is Felicity still living in Thea's place? Is what I want to know. This is perplexing because they are freaking polar opposites. I mean, I don't think they can get like personality-wise diff- any more different from each other. Yeah. How does this even happen? And it turns out one of the good SCPD cops we saw earlier, Officer Benton, is her oh. new honey. Finally, another one of the new appointed cops is leaving. He's just promising to pick up diapers on the way home. And he's hit by an arrow with a masked man. And uh, he says, uh, he says, Green Arrow? And he goes, no, I'm not Green Arrow. And this is our first look at Prometheus, at least this version of Prometheus. So. Yep. And he, he kills the guy right there in the street. So, And that's okay. the end of the episode. Yeah. So, A, definitely, I mean, this was all action, this was all progression, this was all, what the crap, this was all good. And something I want to say, I think they really upped the fight choreography game in this episode. The fights looked a lot better. I mean, they didn't look as, like, a lot of times they would look staged sometimes in the arrow. Or, like, like kind of hokey. Yeah, more than that, even the, the... even the shots they chose, like the, the background, like the, the, the scenes, they were mm-hmm. more artistic. They weren't as just contrived and hokey and point A to point B. They were well-conceived, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was well-implemented. Uh, yeah. I really think they upped the, up their choreography game. I thought the story was good, and it makes sense. I like I liked the idea of him training a new group of vigilantes, too. I think that's awesome. So um, I give it an A as well. It was a strong, and strong premiere. So it really happy. was. Yeah, the strongest we've seen in several seasons. I just hope they're able to continue the momentum. I'm not even going to wish that far. I'm just, this is good. (laughs) Go episode, we'll just go episode by episode. We'll take one day at a time. I'm trying not to get high expectations and then be, you know, crushed down. This was good. If nothing else in this season, this was good. And uh, we had some news this week, now a whole lot in the DCTV podcast world. First of all, let's wish Wonder Woman a happy 75th anniversary. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, we also saw pictures of Diggle's new helmet. And I asked, you know, I asked the crowd, you know, whether they thought it was better or worse. Okay, Daryl, this is, is a great time for you to jump on. Daryl Taylor is joining us. Uh, as I mentioned, he might. 
Uh, we're talking about Diggle's new helmet, so you're just in time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so great now. It's a great helmet. Yeah, what do you think? No? Yes? It's, he don't need no goddamn helmet. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> take that damn thing off his head. I just want somebody to just run up to him and just take that thing off his head right now. Just, just I think it's a out. plot. Like, why you can't yeah. show the black man's whole face? Right? Yeah, you, That's the yeah. stuff. I'm just saying. Just run to him and be like, Luke Cage ain't got no goddamn helmet on. Luke Cage has everything. Hello? No. Luke Cage, Luke Cage is bulletproof, man. He doesn't need no, a That's true. But still, that goddamn helmet is stupid. I uh, yeah, opened I mean, up to the group. Brad, Brad Milo said, better, maybe. At least he doesn't look like Magneto anymore. Uh, Patrick Tony says, now he kind of looks like Captain Power. Uh, Jason Ritter says he looks like a Starship Trooper. And Ken Jr., Said better than Magnegro. So it is better than Magnegro. I think that can be agreed upon. Even though that's not saying much, because that was hard. What's all? What's what's all that noise? I'm sorry. I don't know. I just don't have to oh, I just later. went. I, I just went downstairs so that the sleepy person could go to sleep. Oh, okay. We're almost, right. That's cool. We're almost done. Uh, Ken Junior said. Ken Junior said way more super heroic, a little techie, something of a military feel. Makes more sense for Diggle. I think it kind of looks like the top half of the Ant-Man helmet, personally. A little bit. Uh, John Davis says it's better. Uh, Dominic Williams says it's worse. And Jerry Irwin says Ant-Man? Question mark. <laughs> so, there you go. I, I think, think it's gonna it be looks a while more before... technologically feasible than the Magnegro helmet did. Yeah. It doesn't look... yeah. That makes it's any not sense. saying a lot, though. Yeah, I, I'm not saying supposed to say a lot. You yeah, asked me better or worse. I didn't say, yeah, yeah, like, no, oh, my God, cool. this helmet Why can't Barry go <laughs> into the past and stop him from using that helmet? Nah. <laughs> helmet. I do think some Barry's good. done enough with the timeline. Yeah. Well, he need to do some good instead of what he's, he's doing. He's done some interesting here. stuff. I don't think the helmet's a make or break kind of thing. So yeah. Just me. I'm just holding out for the Baby Diggle series, you know? Right. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Little Diggle. Backpack Baby. Little Diggle. Backpack Baby. Yeah, I just need the Little Diggle series. Give him a little gun, yeah. a little arrow, a little, little, little bow and arrow. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Yeah. When he hears from his dad, it could just be in the Charlie, in the in the um, Peanuts voice, the wah, 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 and just be a big Magnegro helmet big going wah, 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 wah. Okay, operation. Little, I have my orders in it. Little Diggle needs to have a really, really low voice, though. Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, wah, 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 wah. Okay, Daddy. Okay. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a little girl, right? <laughs> Understood operations. <laughs> yes. Little Diggle. Little Diggle. Or it could just be the stories of Diggle as a baby. So. Yeah. Always on that backpack. Infant yeah. Diggle. Nice. Oh, and I, you know what I want you to... This is... You know what? I just found Diggle's helmet. And you know what? Uh, Jonathan Hickman can sue them. This is oh. this is the helmet. I'm going to share it on the uh, on the uh, DCTV podcast. Okay. Facebook, yeah. Look cool. at this helmet, and I mean, that don't look like the go helmet. Oh my gosh! Okay. We need it. Oh yeah, it does. Look at that. Oh. Yeah, it does. Jonathan Hickman designed that, and with Batara. It's going to be a lawsuit. They owe some money. <laughs> Look Somebody's at that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a title for Ben Affleck's Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, the one we announced last week, you know, Joe Manginello will be playing Deathstroke for. Uh-huh. It's going to be called The Batman. Okay, tell me the title. The Batman. 
Okay, well, I know it's the Batman movie, but tell me the title of the Batman movie. Uh, who's on first? No, it's called The Batman. No, oh. no, who's on second? What's on first? I don't know who's on third. And Aquaman ain't got no shirt on. That's all Jerry care about. Uh, Krypton is actually moving forward uh, in production. They actually have a, uh, a male lead, uh, Cameron Cuff. Uh, so I guess that David Goyer uh, Superman prequel is moving forward. I thought it was already uh, moving forward. I thought it had been stalled in um, uh, production, to be honest. Ah, okay. Uh, there's a really good uh, Honest Trailers for The Flash, uh, season one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we asked our, our people, you know, I thought I asked our people in the Facebook group what they thought of the Flash premiere. By the way, what do you give it, Daryl? Quick letter grade on it. On which which one? The Flash premiere this week. Uh I have to give it a a, a B minus C plus. Whoa! Whoa! Wow! You know what's really bugging me? He's doing the same okay. dumb stuff again. Like I, well, like yeah. I mean that was obvious. He's not very bright. This is really <laughs> bo- it's bothering me how dumb he's being. Like with this, like it really, like even it's funny because even in this world, the only you you messed up Cisco's dream. Like he was rich and successful. The only one that had a bad life was Joe. Um, Everybody, hmm? dude. Everybody else was kind of okay. Did, am I wrong? No. Yes. Well, if he hadn't Kid done Flash that, died. Though, I was going to say, well, he didn't Flash die. He died. died, fool. He and then, do, and then, and then, Daddy West is hitting the bottle again. But Come they on, never bro. explained why the Speed Force didn't heal him. It doesn't make any sense why it didn't heal him any, anymore. That was weird. That was like, I've, you know what it did? It was like a convenience. It was like a, like the Speed Force was like, I need you to change it back, so I'm gonna. I'm going to make sure he doesn't live. Almost. I just feel like you don't understand time travel etiquette. I just feel like that's the case. You don't mess with time. You just don't. We when know that. And bad things happen. So. He knows that. He didn't it know that if he just went back and like, oh, I'm going to save my mom. That's he did know that because he even told Cisco that. He it's did. Bad and he did it that. anyway. So it's just bad. And he keeps and he doing it. And things are going to happen. He keeps doing it. You know what? Like, He's the poster for white privilege. It, yeah, yeah, this is bad, but if yes. I do it, it's okay, because I'm Barry Allen. That's exactly what he did. Like, the villain was totally the one did. that was right. The villain was calling him on his shit, and and he was right. When the, well, I mean, he even says at the end of the episode, you know, now this time I get to be the hero. Yeah. 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 And he was like, who's who's the villain now, Barry? Right. And we know who it yeah. is. White privilege. Like, but he was sitting there, he was sitting pretty with, you know, a, a new romance blossoming with Iris and his folks and mm-hmm. everything else, I mean, for three months, so. Could be shellfish. Yeah, I, I need him either. to not be dumb this season, so that, that it really, like, I need him to, he was going to sit in the cut and just, like, be cool with this, like. Yeah. So I, I, I really need to, I, I need him to not make the same mistakes again. But that's not a problem with the show. That's a problem with that particular character. But if he the way done, he's we don't have a we don't have a, a storyline for this season. I'm sure they can come up. And he's been dumb most of the time. Keep he's saving the city. He's super optimistic. He's super optimistic. He's uh. super selfish, but doesn't re- nobody realizes he's that selfish because he's such a good person supposedly that they couldn't conceive of that. But he is super selfish. He is. He is. He totally is. I, I... Now we get to see that. So yes, I need you. I need you. Need him to be less, you know, dumb. But yes, for do. the for the tension of this story, we need him to be full on dumb so he can learn his freaking lesson once and for all. 
Well, now that... Well, there's even a line that that Thawne says to him. He's like, man, the version I know of you is so much smarter than you Yes! Yes! I mean, he even tells him that, and, like, straight up, you know? What are you doing, man? He hasn't had enough adversity. He had a good, a relatively good family life with the Wests. He came up not wanting for anything, just having that slightly tragic backstory, but it didn't hinder him from his education or his relationships with others. Now he's really seeing what all this selfishness ends up in. Well, yeah, because now the, the, the real punishment for him will be have to see whatever he did change the relationship with huh? Joe and, and Iris. So, and however else it changed, too. I mean, and the thinking, other things he changed, too. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, um, Tom Cavanaugh signed up for the season. How, some, what if somehow Wells is back? I mean, he's not going to be able he's to trust back. him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you guys have so, been 20-something, right? Yes. At some point in your life? Long time. Were, so you long make, ago. Did you, uh, same. Did you make the best decisions? Did you always, like, think the best was actually, like, plot it out and then do it? I, I so, so why are you surprised that Barry's dumb? But no, but the dumbness for Barry is if my whole life, dep- like, his whole thing was on yeah. him making this mistake. Like, Iris, the death of Iris's fiance. The, but he's twenty something. He's not. I, I he's get it. But we won't. Still we've gone through. But we've gone through each season has been the mistake of of Barry and and time travel. Like that's been the the thing. It's like I ate this cheeseburger. I had a heart attack. I ate this cheeseburger again. I had a heart attack. I ate the cheeseburger again. I had another heart attack. What are you doing? Are you saying I shouldn't be eating cheeseburgers? Yeah. Yeah. Staying. <laughs> Here's here's what I liked the best about it. It was only one episode. Yes, I did like that. I was worried they're going to extend it growth. off for like another half season. Yeah, and we'd never, gonna you know, see growth. Gonna see growth. It's the first yeah. one. Well, so I think we'll they they are doing what I what I th- I think they are. Remember, I was saying that I I wonder if they're going to use Flashpoint to fix the things that they want to fix. No, they're like making things worse and stuff, so they no, still no, no, could I mean, go back. No, 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 overall no, 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 no. he means. Oh, yeah, I mean, overall. Be like bringing Supergirl yeah. in. Or... I'm saying things that they don't like on the shows. You know, That's like little cool. things that they want to change. Right. Like Supergirl, her Earth, her she's going to automatically be a part of this universe. They're not going to explain why. They're just going to say right. she's just a part of this universe. Uh, okay. So like little things like that. Like I think there's little 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 story problems like that they might add. Like story maintenance. Yeah, yeah, story maintenance. I think that's what this flashpoint is it's going to do. For they can. Well, our Facebook group had a lot to say about it too. Uh, Donnie Salvo, who Daryl and I uh, occasionally do a show with, mm-hmm. called Nothing's On, <laughs> said uh, it was fantastic. Really hyped it, hyped me up for all the CWDC TV shows this season. Uh, Bill Robinson, I enjoyed it. I was surprised and glad we didn't spend, say, a quarter of the season in a new timeline. Yes. Agreed. Um, that being said, will each episode for the next few weeks be a different timeline, like a Barry Allen quantum leap trying to put right what went wrong? I don't, I don't think he's going to mess around. No, I don't think anyone changes. I, I think that's no. it. They, Other than the thing with Joe and Iris. Right, right. Uh, Emmanuel Gibson, it was great. I want to see if Arrow gets affected from it tonight. Uh, spoiler, no, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Not not tonight, anyway. But we will see changes, they said, throughout the other series. Right. Uh, Chris Gardner says, I haven't watched it yet. Don't record. Oh, sorry, Chris. We already recorded. Oops. 
Uh, Robert Cooper, I really enjoyed it. I was worried this story would drag out for half the season and pull it too far in many weird pseudo-versions of the DC Flashpoint characters. Mm -hmm. I'm more excited to see the repercussions that come out of Barry's latest time travel cluster. I love how Thawne lectured Barry that his older self would never be this dumb. Uh, Five stars for possibilities for me. And then John Davis added, even Thawne recognized how dumb Barry can be. See, Daryl? Yeah. Uh, I can I can then credit everything that didn't get fixed perfectly. So, overall, I mean, I thought it was a great thing, but you're right, you know, Barry not making the best decisions. I said so at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Like, he went through all that. Yeah, I agree. And we were all kind of like, 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 oh, like this whole we, yeah, season we, we were on that? board, yeah. and then we're like, oh, this is a perfectly good timeline. Let's see what happens when we completely turn it on its ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we knew that was a bad idea. Right. And uh, Suicide Squad has gone on to make more money than Iron Man. Yeah, it's still it's still making money. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to re-release it in November, mm-hmm. an, extend, an extended cut with something like a half hour more footage that they left on the floor. Oh, so. I want that. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping they give some more Joker time. I mean, that was like my biggest gripe is that they 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 you know they they uh, hype Joker so much and then he's not in the movie very much. Um, we also saw pictures of the JSA, which I loved. I th- saw Dr. Midnight and Vixen and Stargirl and Obsidian. And Dr. Midnight is, is black. But Obsidian what? is not. He's black. That's funny. He's black. He's midnight. He's he is midnight. Darkness. And then, uh, um, but Obsidian, which means black, is not. He's a white dude. Yeah. So confusing. What is going on? <laughs> anyway, um, that's all the news that we really had. Oh, you did um, the crossover news too. The which crossover? I think we did that last week. Oh, the Arrow, crossover. Flash, Supergirl crossover villain. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we did that last week. Right. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I know you had other things to do, Daryl. I know you got New York Comic Con this weekend, so thanks. Uh, if you want to hear more of Daryl, he's all over the uh, Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. In fact, he was just recording Gotham by Geeks, which I'm sure will be out soon, which is their Batman-centric show. Yes. There's also No Apologies, Nothing's On. Uh, he's also been a, a member now of the Walking Dead TV podcast for a while. Yes, you got to record that, tonight, too. Holding what? that down. Oh, my gosh. Really? You guys are going to do that tonight? Yeah, 12. Oh, man. Sorry, Charlie. We could do this. Well, you're are you off the rest of the week for the con? Then? Yes. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, why not? That's good. Yes. Good move. And thank you also to Jerry Atkinson for joining me. Yay! He's had seven Facebook pages. Yay. Yes, and uh, you can you can see her at throwpunchinstitute.com. That's <laughs> <laughs> sure, no, a Or check out her her new Jimbyote channel on. Uh, or the Geronius Symbiotica series coming soon on HBO. There you go. All right. <laughs> the people that brought you by the people that brought you Rome on HBO. That's right exactly what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Right. And Chub Toad, of course, you had to leave early because he didn't watch Arrow. What is he running away? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. He's scared. He's scared of Oliver. I guess I don't know. Uh, but until next week, when we have a whole bunch of, we're gonna have what six new shows? Oh my god! Yeah, here we go. It's gonna be full time in it again, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna have to quit my job uh, to watch all these shows. Well, I'm not paying you. I'm unemployed. It was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I didn't want. To, I didn't want. To <laughs> I got a job. I got a job, Tommy. Okay. I'd pay you for this if I could. But until then, when we're back with the premieres of Supergirl and uh, Legends of Tomorrow, among other things. 
Uh, we are ghosts. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Laters. Laters, laters. Come to make things